0: Before we start the show, go to plug our sponsor, facefacegames.com, the number one place to get your Magic the Gathering singles. This week, not a Magic the Gathering sale, it's a Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh sale, 15% off any, any single. And um, we, got, we got a special show tonight. We got Andy, Elliot, John in the house as always, but we got the most recent SCG Classic champion, Davies Clark, a man. Little known fact. The very first manadeprived.com fan. The very first person to write a Jund article for my site. How's it going, babies? Uh
1: It's going well. Going well. Thank you for having me on. Uh, almost 10 years now that I've been a fan of you, Car. It's,
0: yeah, it's been <laughs> actually <laughs> been 10 years, almost 10 years. Yeah. And, oh, I forgot. You were there. One of the few people that were there present for my first PTQ
1: win. I, I was actually, yeah. We, we went and we had a beer, and I bought you a rose. You
0: bought a me a rose. Night. <laughs> so you went down this past weekend. You took down Syracuse. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to get Final Nub's early impression on some, some Modern Horizons, what he's excited about, and what we've been playing standard as we approach the Ottawa MCQ and, of course, the online MCQ. So let's go straight to you, Davies. Let's not waste any time. What did you play and why did you play it? When everyone expects you to play extra turns.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, I actually did play extra turns in the main event. Uh, I was the only person in my car not to day two with Bant Nexus. Uh, David Schneer and Matt Stein were my carmates, mates. And the three of us were feeling pretty good about the deck. I was not skilled or fortunate enough to, to make day two. Uh, a little bit tired at the end of the day, so I just was looking around for a different deck. I just wanted to, to play anything else. Um, so I started asking all the Montreal people in uh, in New York, do you have any cards? Do you have any cards? Finally, uh, Christopher Leonard had uh, shout out, huge shout-out to him, just took out his binder and said, I have some cards. Do you want to play an aggro deck? And he just started taking out, okay, you'll need stomping grounds, I guess. Here's some group-bound crags. And we, we built Binder Girl. Uh It was... Very, very hastily thrown together. A lot of the numbers may not make sense. And the reason is, well, there was only one Vivian in the binder. Stuff like that. So um, we put it together. Uh, Matt Stein actually all night took it way too seriously and tuned and crafted the list with me. Uh, and then I swept the tables in the Classic on Sunday. Uh, the only loss that I had in the Swiss was to Mono Red because I drew both of my Mobilized District which was basically Mute Vault all weekend. I drew the two in the main deck in games one and two. Couldn't cast a single spell, but the rest was, was not close. So what do you, what do you
0: think uh, the Nexus positioning is right now? Bad?
1: I, I don't think it's good. Uh, a lot of decks are playing Small Teferi, and Small Teferi just feels very, very difficult for the Nexus deck. Uh, you're looking to abuse your end step, and when everything is sorcery speed, that that deck is not impressive.
0: I do know that uh, even though you're known as a turns expert, you you only picked it up last week when David Schneer said, like he had the Nexus deck built for you, uh, ready for the MCQ. So I'm not sure how in tune you are with the latest developments in the archetype. Brad Nelson posted how he felt the bat Nexus uh, version that he's piloting is the very best version. I I don't know if you heard anything about that or any bent,
1: Perfect. Well, I did play Bant at the, the, the Open. So did uh, my carmate, Matt Stein, who made top 32. Uh, Schneer, who just missed top 32, I believe. Uh, we felt Bant was very, very well positioned. Uh, having access to uh, a sweeper uh, after board, having access to deputy detention was very, very powerful. That card was very important all weekend for, for everyone in the, the car. Um, I would say... The biggest upgrade from White, though, was uh, probably just just having access to Dawn of Hope after sideboard. I think that's the name of the card. The enchantment that pumps out 1-1 Life Linkers. Guys, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Dawn of Hope. Yeah, Dawn of Hope. That card was, that card was very important, actually. It, it came in in a lot of sideboarded matches. Uh, it makes chump blockers and Life Linkers against aggro. It gives you inevitability against all the control decks that you can activate even with a small Teferi. Uh, that card actually performed very well for everyone in the car.
0: So I, I don't know how close... Like, Was your team aware of Brad's version? I don't know how close it is where he's playing one deputy of Detention in the main, three Tamios, three big Teferis, and four Revitalize in the main. Um, I don't know if that's, that's anywhere close to where your batless was. Uh,
1: it's actually pretty close. Uh, we had... Uh, just the one deputy, but in the board, uh, we weren't playing Revitalize, uh, but we were playing. It, we had been aware of Brad's. So we weren't exactly on his list. It was it was pretty similar. Uh, we were on a slightly different planeswalker configuration with uh, two Tamio, three big to fairy, two small Teferi.
0: Okay, and but but even with that, you think it's not that well positioned in the format, even though.
1: I, I don't, yeah. I think, I think Small Teferi being a, a three to four of in many of the decks, if we just take a look at the open, I think there were three or four decks in the top eight with four Small Teferi. Uh, I think that's, that's pretty impressive if you're trying to cast Instance at seven.
0: Okay, so let's, let's go back to Gruul. Um, what where, where do you see, like, crushing it with the Binder version? So is the full-fledged version a
1: real contender? Uh, absolutely. Even with, with Binder Groll, some of the draws just felt very unfair. Uh, uh, turn one, turn one Elf into turn two Warboss into turn three Domri felt felt like cheating. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I just I, I felt like I was cheating. Uh, I think I won finals by going turn two Domri, turn three Chandra, turn four Sarkin. Obviously, that's a very fortunate draw, but I don't think much beats that.
0: Uh, John, have you run into the, uh, this deck in the queues?
2: Yeah, um, I've, I've played a few mid Midrangers that just happened to be more Planeswalker heavy. And um, yeah, they got a f- really efficient beaters. They got mana acceleration, and they can just like kill you out of nowhere with Sarkand. I'm actually pretty impressed by it. Um, it's, I think it's got a pretty good matchup against Red and uh, probably against the Planeswalker deck as well. So um, I would venture a guess and say it holds to Nexus on um, a few others, but well, like otherwise, like I think Gruel is a pretty um, pretty big sleeper. i um, I think Mass Manipulation, for example, would uh, walk all over all over this, but I don't know. Good.
0: <laughs> Davies, what were you afraid to? What were you afraid to face uh, with this deck? What what matchup felt
1: close? Uh, so I didn't actually get to play against it, but the matchup I was most worried about was anything playing Oketra. I just didn't think I could beat a stream of 4-4s. However, I I didn't face any of that. Actually, my matchups in the Swiss were blue-black control, salt rock, uh, mono-red two times, uh, mono-white splash to fairy, two of the, I guess it's reanimator, the four-color planeswalker commanding dreadhorde bring-everything-back deck. Uh, That was my, my two final rounds of the Swiss. And then in top eight, I played... Esper Hero, Mono Red, and Esper Hero. So, uh, the, and smashed them all. all. All of them. None of them were close. Uh, it, uh, it didn't really come up. Uh, I think maybe a Planeswalker deck could have given me some trouble. Bent Nexus, uh, I think they, they definitely have game against you, but you, you kind of put them in a scenario where they always have to have it. When they do, you lose for sure, because uh, you can't interact with them. Uh, and then Oketra. I think if they turn 3, turn 4 Oketra, and they just pump out a few four fours, you can't do anything about that.
0: But no one's played Oketra, so... Well,
1: least- then, then that's more bias that I have, because for the past two weeks, while I was playing Nexus, all I got paired against were these weird flash-bant decks that played 4 Teferi off Llanowar Elf. Crazy things like that, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased, but those were some of the things that I was losing to with, with Nexus.
0: So how would you tweak the deck if you had you weren't limited by, by the binder?
1: Um, well, now that I've had a little bit of time to reflect and I'm, I'm going over the list, there actually aren't too many changes I'd make. Uh, the Lightning Strike, there's a one-off Lightning Strike, would become Chandra's Triumph. Uh, that card just seems like it'd be a bit better. You're not looking to point it at a player. You're always looking to, to kill <laughs> no. something.
0: One of lightning strike. Okay. One of lightning stri- Yeah, it was.
1: It, I didn't want four shocks. Come on, I didn't want to be that guy. Um, uh, a few small tweaks like that, but nothing major. Uh, the sideboard definitely needs to change. It was just a lot of. I guess this card's good. I guess that card's good. Um, probably something to go bigger for the mirror. Uh, maybe, maybe a Carnage Tyrant or two, something like that. But it. It actually wasn't that far off. Other than the one Cinder Vines, every sideboard card got boarded in multiple times. Uh, Everything was used. Dire Fleet Daredevil performed really, really well. As a two-of, I'd probably go to three. And Mobilized District was an absolute house. If I didn't mention it before, it was Mutavolt most of the time. Uh, It was a 3-3 Vigilant mutivault. That card was insane.
0: I I don't know how many people decided to copy uh, Binder Gruel right away after you, you took it down. Um, John, we'll go, we'll, we'll go straight to you while we have you here. Uh, you've been still crushing the queues, uh, skewering people, as you would put it, and you've experimented with Mobilize District in the sideboard. Tell us how that development has been going and, and where are you at now with the list?
2: Yeah, so I've seen online uh, a, a significant increase in both the Planeswalker decks, which is like Jeskai or Esper, for example. Like Esper Controls basically evolved into Esper Super Friends, which is kind of logical, I guess. Like Chemistry Insight is bad against Narset, Counter Spells are bad against Narset, et cetera. So you're more likely to um, succeed if you're a, a more a tap-out sort of a control. And then the Commander Dreadhorde deck as well. So I kind of wanted um, a bit more help um, Against them, and I found that once um, the Super Friends deck stopped playing nonsense like the Mox Amber plus Fibble uh package and played real cards like in the Jeskai deck, there is the Clarion Shock package, in the Esper one, there's the Brass Contempt, uh, Cry of the Carnarium, Kaias uh, Rab, a uh, Moment of Craving package. It's actually pretty hard to like knock them down, like, like a lot of their Planeswalkers are must kill so they essentially start at like 30 life. And if that's the case, then I want to make sure I go bigger in the postboard, and I wanted the 21st land, so I saw a funky Japanese list that had a modern list that had a, a, dist- a mobilized district, two of them, in the sideboard, and I'm just like, you know what? It dodged a lot of um, sorcery speed removal, like the Teferi bounce or the Kaya's Wrath and whatnot. Uh, it's good at running uh, Planeswalkers down, and uh, it's another land source, and uh, yeah, it's been very good uh, so far, like I started at, i started off as a joke but uh, the more i played it and um, the more um it worked out well for me so in, in my m c q this uh, this week or next week I might just play, play it the other um red uh development for me i've been doing, still been, been doing pretty well is a uh, spyglass i've been i've been testing um i just i just want something to um shut down the linchpin of uh, these like big Walker So for Jeskai, it's like Sorkan or um, Teferi Time Ravelist since uh, Teferi can bounce it. For Esper, it's like Hero Dominaria or Teferi as well. And I'm hoping that that can buy um, significantly more time than the one, one card I spent and outgrind them. So so far, the testing shows that these changes have been good. I'm going to keep working at it, but um, I, still, I still feel pretty good about Red. I mean, in the three weeks of Turbulent, Standard with this new format, Red has been the only real constant in the top uh, top eight. So I'm gonna keep working at it.
0: That, that's good, hear and, and shouts to, to your guide who has helped uh, people qualify for the Mythic Championship. You can access to this guide by being a patron over Patreon.com/FirstStrike. And not only that, people have been giving your guide to to players, and that allowed them to top eight not only the SCG Open but the SCG. Classic, and, and that's uh, from asking Detective Dollywall. That's what he said. He, he got the info from you, passed them along, and, and those guys were able to top eight. So, shout out to you, my man. And uh, well, let's just actually keep, keep it to standard. Let's see how much we can go through before you got to go. Uh, Andy, you've been, you've been playing the, the, one of the hottest new decks. Not that hot anymore because uh, it's on everyone's radar Command of the Dread Horde. How's it going? How's it going with the deck?
3: um yeah the deck's uh, really impressive honestly it's uh it, like i think elliot posted it in our group chat and initially we were all like uh that's pretty bad and then elliot's kind of like maybe it's not bad and then like as time went on we're like maybe it's not bad because i kept uh playing like fair decks i was playing the planeswalker decks and then out of nowhere my opponent would cast this card and you only have like two counter spells in your whole deck and then all of a sudden, they have this board position that's absolutely unbeatable, and then they get a Tameo on the field. They minus get the Dreadhorde back, and then just just like I could wrath them every turn of the game, and I will lose. And that's it's uh, pretty frightening. And uh, it reminds me a lot of the Rally the Ancestor deck. It's not as good, but what, you just play a normal like mid range game, and you can win lots of games like that. And then you go so far over the top of everything. It doesn't matter what your opponent is doing. You can go to like hundred life. You can go to, like, just have, like, Lethal. You can do an end-step command the Dreadhorde with a uh, little Teferi, and then your, your opponents just can't do anything about it. And I think it's uh, one of the better decks in the format, but the format's evolving so fast that I think uh, if you look at the MPL decks this week, I think the Japanese broke it. I think they broke broke it, and they're, ch- they're going to change the format, I think, forever because uh, they put four Assassin's Trophy and four Fielder Rune in their deck. And uh, the Jeskai Walker's deck plays zero basics. The Dreadhorde decks play zero basics. And so what I noticed, I was like, wow, that seems crazy. So on moto, I fired up a league with like some trophies in my main deck. And in the mirror, I'm like, on the play, I'm like, trophy your land. And then on turn four, I'm like, trophy your land, Tameo, bring it back, trophy your land. And they're just, they're dead. They're dead on the spot. They can't keep up. The mana is like already loose in the deck. You can't afford to lose a land. I think uh, that's going to change the way these decks are built, and maybe uh, it could even affect the mana. I'm 100% going to put a basic in my deck, uh, at least one, and maybe even have to put two, which means maybe you have to make some sacrifices in how hard you're splashing. But I think the Japanese are just, they really got ahead of this one. These Jeskai decks with zero (laughs) basics. Jeskai decks with no basics. (laughs) <laughs> like they can afford to play a basic i'm I'm not sure the dread deck really can but i'm going to have to but there's yeah i think that right there is just some great being ahead of the curve and i think that's the thing that's going to be on everyone's mind come next week and come this weekend is the people who aren't in the know on the basic lands are going to get crushed by some of these people who are just kind of in the know on how you have to build your decks now
0: i th- i think you're going to have to be prepared if you're, you're playing the, the online one. I think this might be – I'm not sure how people, how fast people are going to adjust, let's say, at the Ottawa MCQ. That would be interesting for me to see. Um, but I've
3: Go ahead. Yeah, but, the, but the people you're worried about are always the people like who have adjusted, right? It's the people who win these things who are the people who are in tune with it and are a week ahead. And I think if you want to win the event, you have to be ready for those people. I don't think you can – let it slide, and I think it's one of the most important lessons if you're going to play Dreadhorde or Jeskai this weekend is to put one to two basics in your deck.
0: Um, I forgot to, to shout out John earlier about him already coming to conclusions that in Martin Juze's guide, he came out with, with Mono Red on Risk Factor, on stuff like Wiz- Wizards Lightning being better than Skewer, uh, even more so now with uh, Wolf Walker being big, big play. So all these things John had told me in private before, uh geez, his guide, uh, but back to you Andy, I want to talk to you about your specific card choices with Dreadhorde, uh, were there any conclusions that, that you were making with some of the flex slot, uh, namely like whether you think Sorin was good, or um, other things that you, you might have been tweaking with?
3: Yeah, so what happened is I noticed that uh, a lot of the games against the aggro decks, I wasn't needing to draw Massacre Girl to win. And I thought there were so many situations that I looked against Mono White and even Red where I was like, But if I play a Massacre Girl, it's not even solving my issues and it's an awkward card to draw. So I actually cut it immediately after maybe a league and was like, I don't ever want to draw this card. I don't want to put this card in my deck. So I cut it. And I think it's been, I don't know, it's, the deck's been fine against a lot of the aggressive decks. Maybe suffers a little against Mono White because that matchup is a little tough sometimes based on your starts. And then the. The other key flex slot is like whether to play like Bond of Flourishing or like some two-drop removal or maybe Sorin or something like that, like something to interact with the faster decks. And so originally I was playing a couple Sorins, but I just, uh, I noticed with the MPL deck list that nobody was playing Sorin, and so I just, tr- I tried, you know, run a league without it and run some two-mana removal. And then I got caught wind of like the Assassin Trophy tech, and so I just jammed some Assassin Trophies in my main deck and then won the mirror very easily because I was a land ahead. And I think uh, originally I wasn't so high on Paradise Druid, but I think it's uh, a necessity for uh, speed, even though it's kind of crappy against Chain Whirler. But uh, a lot of your cards generate so much advantage, so getting them out of turn faster is so important that you can sacrifice the, the late-game draw. So I think uh, Bond of Flourishing, no good. I think Sorin can be a 1-2 of in the main deck and be good. It's like good at killing Planeswalkers as well. And I think uh, Massacre Girl is not where you want to be.
0: So one more question as we, as we got to scan through some of these NPL lists, Andy, to pick your brain. Maybe Efro caught wind uh, of this new tech already, but he goes ahead and plays the Dreadhorde, cutting all the white, cutting one of the best cards in the format, uh, Teferi at three, but making his mana base more smooth, Gets to play some amount of basics in his deck. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it. What do you think about it? He's playing uh, Five Man and Nissa instead, and he's got Hydra in there. He's got two host- Hostage Taker, and the rest is, is basically uh, the Drid Horde deck.
3: Yeah, I've looked at this deck. i played it through a league. I uh, have played it through a couple leagues, actually, and I like a lot of what it has going on, but what ended up being one of the big problems against any of the Esper decks is their counter magic is so good against you. Like you play all these things at sorcery speed that I found Teferi was just absolutely the key because they tap out for three on a walker almost for a, uh, whatever planes walker almost every time. You land a Teferi, you plus it, and then all of a sudden you're just getting to control the game and they never get to counter anything. They get put in awkward positions all the time. And I thought it just ended up being so important to the deck that I was willing to sacrifice the mana. And uh, that's kind of where I landed on it. I like a lot of the things with Nyssa, and I like Hydroid Crases actually, even though it's like, obviously bad to get back. But basically, I just ended up uh, wanting to go over the top and wanting to have uh, three mana Teferi. I think it's too important. Also, this, obviously, this deck folds to Nexus, which I'm not sure how many you'll see. But uh, the only reason you have like a good shot against Nexus game one is because you have three mana Teferi in your main deck, and then post board, Like, you don't have counter spells. You have, like, two discard spells or something. So you're really relying on uh, Teferi to to help with that matchup. So I think I like Efros' deck. It could be good, but uh, I would stick with 4-color for now. But let's say everyone starts adopting this uh, Trophy Field of Ruin thing. Then this is, like, a perfect place to go after that, right? It gets to play Llanowar Elves, and I was just talking about how important uh, getting ahead with planeswalkers is the problem with this deck is that this deck only plays the two planeswalkers right so it doesn't get to take advantage of attacking from multiple angles while gaining card advantage like uh, the the dread horde deck gets with uh, three mana and five mana to and that's a pretty important angle of attack for your inevitability and a lot of the time with the the four color deck you just like play your planeswalkers to draw cards three and five mana ferry. and you just let them die because you're going to get them back later but you don't get the same kind of staying power out of uh, Salt Saltai deck.
0: Your your mention of Paradise Druid and, and Lion of War Elves and stuff like that makes me think. I, I got to plug. It's your, it's your favorite new podcast, so I'm going to plug it. Table for Two, my, my podcast with Alexander Hayne. Uh, a great, great opportunity to get some content from the guy who, admits himself, is very lazy to produce content. So he, ha- he needs a guy like me to go out of his way to... <laughs> to go eat, eat with them, have dinner with them, uh, pay some amount of the time to get some good, high-quality content. And what he felt about the format is that we're in a format where getting ahead early is really important, that uh, mana elves, the sacrifice of um, drawing them later in the game, like not being that good, is worth it because of how far ahead it, it gets you with some of these cards, whether it's Planeswalkers. And I think in Davey's case... Like being able to play a Legion War boss on turn two on the play is probably, in a lot of cases, unbeatable, right, Davies? Like, like a, a lot of your Land of War Elves draws, I feel, are probably quite oppressive. Uh,
1: I would absolutely agree. I don't think I lost a game where I went turn one, elf, turn two, three drop. I'm pretty sure you just get so far ahead. Um, and I, I think even some of the most oppressive turns my opponents took on the Dreadhorde deck, for example, going uh, plus. Uh, small Teferi, end of turn Dreadhorde, bring back your Sarkin, my Soren, and a bunch of guys. All my guys have lifelink plus attack. I was still able to kill them from 35 because I was so ahead just throughout the game, just having three or four Planeswalkers developing everything earlier. It's. Lana War Elf is the most impressive card in standard right now.
0: I think. I think people have been trying to figure out the best. Like, you want turn one. Elf, turn two, Teferi, stuff like that, and, and, and trying to figure out the best uh, turn two play. And when I look at your deck, I see, like, because they have to deal with it, and if they do, you still, you're going to follow it with a four-drop Planeswalker in your deck. And I think that's that's the top, like just Andy said, with some decks that can be able to attack from different angles and get ahead uh, so fast with, with uh, Maddox Cell in the early game. I think that's a tough combo, and that's why you felt so unbeatable throughout uh, on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I like a lot what, what's going on with uh, Davy's uh, Gruel list. So, what I've noticed is, uh, from my point of view, from playing like the Planeswalker decks and the other decks, is that the like the whatever Gruul Spellbreaker is like a stone cold Planeswalker killer. It just kills Planeswalker every time it comes into play. And uh, when you have your Lanowar Elf draws, there's almost no deck that's going to keep up with how hard you're going to hit and fast. And uh, what the Planeswalkers do is that even when someone kind of goes over the top of you. With Sarkhan, you just fly over the top of them and kill them. So, like, while uh, uh, originally I looked at Davy's list, and I thought there's only one Lightning Strike. He's going to get uh, crushed by a Wild Growth Walker. I think he does have the out because of Sarkhan. I think if I were to build a, a gruel deck, I would have more copies of Lightning Strike because of Wild Growth Walker. And, I like, like Shock's pretty good. Shock's very good. But I think Lightning Strike's a bit better right
1: now. Uh, that's definitely the conclusion I came to after the weekend as well. Uh, Shock was Shock was great because I played red three times. Uh, I played Esper Hero twice in, in top eight. It, it takes out a lot of their creatures, but overall most of the time I probably would have been happier with a three damage spell, which is why after after a little bit of reflection I'm trending more towards uh, not just Lightning Strike but also the uh, Chandra's Triumph. Uh, the the times that you want to point it at a player are so few and far between, and the handful of times you're going to get an additional two points of damage out of it, pointing it at uh, Teferi that just plussed, uh, or Alira uh, at uh, on, at a medium turn of the game, turn five, six, seven, is really, really impressive. And uh, Lava Coil is also something that I've got two copies on the board that's probably going to be bumped up to three, because not only does it kill something of a Wild Growth Walker size, it makes sure it cannot come back, uh, which is something that Death Gorge Scavenger, uh, as I called him, Garbage Dino all weekend, uh, was a card that performed very, very well because you could just chip away at their graveyard. By the time they could cast a Dreadhorde, there was nothing impressive to get back.
0: <laughs> okay, Davies, what would
1: what you say to all the standard talk? Are you going to Ottawa? What's your plan this weekend? Uh, I'm definitely going to Ottawa, yeah. Uh, I have a car uh, that I somehow all convinced to be on binder gruel uh so we've got uh, at least three or four people that are going to be there uh most of them playing uh, about the same list a few people are iffy about a few cards collision colossus is not very exciting to everyone but uh, uh for the most part yeah i think we're on we're on a very similar list
4: elliot what, what about you let's go to you uh well i'm going to providence this weekend so i haven't been doing too much standard testing outside of you know kind of Birding Andy when he's on hangouts and um, watching streams talking to people like i haven't been playing games myself um, i've done a couple drafts to prepare because it's team sealed, which is I think the the closest analog you can get without um, you know having people there to build a sealed pool with um, and i you know I'm, i don't want to say I like our chances, obviously whenever you go to a team event like this you you end up uh running into some some teams that have come from all across the 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 country and the, the continent of like pros and stuff. I know Hain mentioned he's playing with I think Tom Martel and um, is Sigrist. I think is their third as well. So you know like that's just one of many teams of where if you're going to do well in this tournament, you're going to be facing the Murderers Row. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, on the back of every card it says both Magic and The Gathering, so we're going to go and enjoy some of The Gathering. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: We got John for like five more minutes. So John, break it down. You got the floor is yours. What are you most excited about in Modern Horizons? And then what we're gonna ask Davies if he's already like brewing some stuff in modern for, for turns, any new weapons. But uh, go ahead, John.
2: Yeah, so I think the, one of the more obvious ones is uh, the Auntie of Runes, so to speak. Um, what, is, what is it called? Giver of Runes here. Um, I think it can fit in a lot, of, um, a lot of spots, and I think they did very well balancing in the card because it cannot protect itself. Uh, the other notab- notable difference is that it includes colorless, which means that the Eldra- um, it can, uh, someone can block uh, a uh, big Eldrazi that doesn't have trampoline, definitely, but so cool. And uh, I figure a deck like uh, Devoted Druid and uh, Humans will pick it up, which is interesting. Um, There is the, what is it? I don't know the English name. It was spoiled in Portuguese, but there's the one mana target creature becomes a six base, six four, that I think will slot right into Infect. Um, It doesn't work well in multiples, but I figure it'll, it'll probably replace some number of mutagenic growth and enable more and more turn twos. It doesn't fix the fundamental problems of the card which is you know the printing of fatal push basically but um i think it definitely helps uh fact of fiction probably like caleb sure said that he might consider it a supplement not a substitute for pieces of the puzzle which doesn't make sense to me and um there's the uh, uh I, I gotta mention my that Chris uh, Gris, uh brand here even uh, <laughs> Season, season Pyromancer might be a bit interesting here. Um, it's, three man, it's a three-mana body, uh, discard two, draw two, and you make some tokens if you are non, uh, non, non-land cards. So it's an enabler, and it's a body. Just, it's like potentially three bodies to draw board with. Kind of interesting. And the other, um, well, Goblin Matron, um, I, if they reprint, reprint Ringleader, I will definitely um, try to work, make that work. And the other one I'm uh, excited about is a card called Fist of Flame, which is uh, one red instant. It says draw a card until the end of turn, tar- target creature gains trample and gets plus one, plus zero for each card you've drawn this turn. So I was thinking like this is a more clean way to win off of one Gristle brand and uh, two activations because it would give it 14, uh, plus 14, plus 0. Um, but it um, and only needs, like, two simian spirit guides, so it's a lean and mean way to um, finish <laughs> the kill. In Grishobrand, the problem is, one, removal, which Borberg, the Borberg most kill does not care about, and two, ensnaring bridge, um, which Borberg also does not care about, and three, um, it can win at instant speed uh, with Borberg most, which this one can't. But, um, given that it draws a card already, like, it might just, like, replace Metamorphos and um be a one off as a more lean, um, more lean, lean win condition, but we'll see. Um, between the pig, um, which by the way, the mock's main event had two Spanish Portuguese players with Goros Vengeance on it. So, shout out to them. Um, there's th- with the hard the race boar in the main deck as well. And um, between this and the fist of flames, um, I'm pretty excited to brew up uh, Reanimator in modern. Probably not going to be a top t- top tier or even tier two option, but. One can dream
0: so only only 73 73 or 73 plus one according to mtg salvation cards of his, well it sounds like you're pretty excited for the set
2: john yeah there's so much nostalgia and callbacks um like ranger captain of eos like that's a bit lazy but there's like other callbacks right there's a there's a force of negation uh there's the green force that i think is pretty good and, uh, yeah, like, there's a lot of things that call back to my, when I first started playing uh, Magic during Invasion ma- uh, Mercadian Mask. So I'm very excited for the new modern uh, era with the war, which already has a lot of busted cards like the three-mana Planeswalkers, and uh, more Modern Horizons. So I'm looking forward to doing a lot of brewing and testing in the uh, upcoming uh, few months. Sounds good. You here
0: first from the GOG. <laughs> I'll let you go, John. we will let you go. All right. Take care, guys. Sometimes uh, with him joining the show, Andy, I forget. I forget our initial reaction to this guy when you told me about him. He is the guy. He's already – his brain's already tinkering, modern, and legacy. Kind of nuts. Kind of nuts.
3: Yeah, he just doesn't stop. He cares so much about that deck. <laughs> real.
0: He already thought, like, three reasons Bunker Rigmos is still better than Crystal Brad. Um, Davies, have you – I know you love – you love your decks – your archetypes, are known for them, you've got a legion of followers, you've got like people you've met on Reddit or whatever. H- have you thought that far ahead with this new set? Are there toys for you?
1: Uh, there aren't. I've actually, I've, I've had nightmares and I'm thinking of abandoning the, the turns deck. I think blue is, is so miserable right now with uh, Narset, which is popping up in these like, mono blue mid-range <laughs> or aggro decks to just stop people from drawing cards. I mean, I got Factor Fiction, which is end of turn when the game added to, to the toolbox that the, the extra turns deck can play, and I'm, I'm just so terrified because it's the only card that doesn't say draw an extra card in the whole deck. Um, no, I think, uh, I, I think actually blue is probably not where you want to be right now because everything else is getting some very interesting tools. Uh, if I do want to be playing combo and modern with Matron being back, I think... There's probably a Dirty Kitty or a Goblin Storm deck that's, that's just around the corner with fecundity, uh, Skirk Prospector. Now that all those cards exist in Modern again, I think there might be something there.
0: All right. Uh, okay. I'm not used to seeing this uh, lack of enthusiasm uh, for the Extra Turns deck, but uh, let's go to you, Elliot. I, I mean, we discussed in our, our private chats about some of the new cards, and, and, and let's get your impression. I don't think... Uh, you agreed with John, or, or you didn't think scale up, which is the thing that turns a creature to a 6-4, uh, was going to help Infect that much because of its positioning in, in the metagame?
4: Yeah, I think that you know, Infect hasn't been good since the Banning of the Pro, which kind of coincided with Fatal Push getting printed. Uh, so maybe death by two cuts, as it were, with those two things happening. Um, but d- definitely its problem... For as long as it's been in modern, why you know wasn't totally dominating 100%, and why it hasn't been very good in the past couple of years is not lack of quality pump spells. But the deck is like would be totally happy playing just you know mutagenic growth become immense, might of old Kroser and, and maybe some copies of Groundswell. Didn't need scale up to to be a functioning deck. Um, you know will scale up be an improvement? You know sure. I think, you know, someone, people were talking about it on Twitter, someone mentioned, like, you know, if you take, like, untapping with Glistener Alpha on turn two against a deck that can't block, you know, you're probably 60% to win that game anyway. But now you're playing scale up and you're 70% to win that game. So it's not it's not actually, like, that big of a, an improvement. Uh, on the other hand, you know, like, what the deck was really missing was something like a Taxium Probe to get information of when can you go all in, something to give it, you know, a bit of staying power, maybe, uh, you know, in the past people have played things like I think corpse curse is the name of the card, where it just gets back other infect creatures. Like, you know, these are kind of like bad cards that you have to play in infect just to have a chance against the decks that are playing a lot of efficient interaction against you. Uh, so, you know, maybe even of, of the card spoiled, I don't think that scale-ups even the best card for infect. I think that the it's possible that the horizon canopy blue green land is, is, has a bigger impact on infect than, than scale up as you know, obviously scale up is a slam dunk in some number of copies. Don't get me wrong. If you're going to play, infect, it's, it's there, but I don't, it doesn't fix the deck's problems. It, uh, and, you know, it, it even sort of makes them worse since it's a sorcery that you have to commit to playing in a world of fatal push path to exile. You know, people like lightning bolt is quite popular in terms of the, the, is it Phoenix deck, but, you know, there was a a long time in modern where decks only interaction was lightning bolt, and they were drawing one card a turn. So even the decks that were playing interaction, you could still beat up on them. But now it's things like path exile, fatal push, field of ruin is very popular. Ghost quarters very popular. Your ink moths aren't safe. It's probably not a safe time to be playing infect.
0: What do you think about the the set so far overall? I don't know if you're the type to already like try to build decks in your head or not, like John, but. uh, what do you think about
4: the set so far? Uh, I think that definitely the best cards spoiled are the cycle of Horizon Canopy Lands. I think those are uh, going to make a huge impact. You know, the fact that there's eight of them that are red is, I think, a huge boon to the mono red deck or the burn deck. Uh, you can just basically never flood out with a deck that the one problem it has is not drawing enough spells. All it cares about is drawing basically seven seven spells and trying to cast them. You know, ideally by turn four or five at the latest. So the fact that you can turn your extra extra lands into spells in the late game, I think is a big boon to burn. Uh, you know, people also playing additional copies of a pain land is going to help. So I think that that might be something to look out for. I think that uh, Force of Negation, you know, this is sort of something we sort of talked about when Modern Horizons got announced. You know, we we spent a lot of back and forth on the podcast. I thought that you know, it was maybe possible to just put force of will into modern. Obviously this is a lot worse, but I think it's a pretty interesting inclusion where um it's definitely not going to warp things, but I think it's I think it's nice to have access to in the format. I think we're gonna see a few copies played by decks like Blue White. Already we're seeing a couple Dovin's vetoes or stuff in that slot in the deck and they have something around 25 to 30 blue cards so i think it's relatively free to play in terms of not warping your deck for the additional uh for to be able to pay the alternate cost which i think is going to be the downfall of pretty much any other deck trying to play it you do need to have you know like 20 something blue cards in your deck to reliably be able to pitch to it so any deck that's trying to do something unfair is going to be hard pressed to Either be able to give up the card advantage, uh, like a blue-white deck might be able to, just in order to not die, and have enough cards, like quality blue cards, available to them to be able to do it. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to be as big of a shakeup to the format as we saw in War of the Spark with all the good three-mana Planeswalkers, but I think it's going to definitely make some changes. And obviously, we still have basically half the set to see. Maybe you know, fewer percentage of the rares and such, but I would be shocked if there's no commons or uncommons that I ever see play uh, that we haven't seen yet. All right, what what about you, Andy? I
3: I echo most of the same feelings that Elliot has. So on the spectrum of, like, John, when a new set comes out, he, like, builds a bunch of decks and thinks about it a lot. When a new set comes out for me, uh, and it's not, like, immediate that I have to play a tournament, I'll be honest, I just sit and wait. I wait until someone else figures it out. I don't get paid to figure this out, Car. I get I, I go to PTQs and if it's not a PTQ, I, I ain't I ain't doing the work yet. So but I have been thinking about like how the cards would fit in the format. Like like new Narset was super impactful and like we're still like reeling and trying to figure out how to combat Narset and Karn. That like this format is still in such major flux because of those two cards. I'm interested to see how it goes. I think we had a big uh, discussion in our group about the the force of negation. I think I don't think it's that good. I think it's like uh, I'm glad it exists. I think it's uh, basically like so when if you have like a lot of decks will main deck like negate. I could see you main decking this card instead of negate, but I think Dobin's is so good that I'm not sure if it's better than that. But I think like your sideboard counter spells out of like blue control decks could certainly become this because it's just so good against the combo decks. And that may be something that you're worried about because a lot of the time what combo decks try to do is just prey on the fact that you're not that mana efficient with your counter spells. So I think this is a good thing. Like, is it better than dispel? I don't even know if it's better than that. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll find out, but, uh, the canopy lands or the horizon lands is probably a better name for them. They're, uh, a plus they're very good lands they're 10 out of 10 they're, they're crazy so those are super powerful and uh yeah i can't and maybe maybe lava dart ends up being good i don't even know about that it's just there's there's a lot going on here and i think uh we see with like powerful commons that i i can only um, can't wait to see what else comes out at common and uncommon that's super playable I uh, as always, I'm trying to keep my eye on what could go into. Is it Phoenix? Because it's my favorite deck in modern, and I I don't know. I guess time will tell, and someone else will tell me.
1: Well, speaking of Phoenix, has anyone seen Scour all possibilities? That's a card I actually just stumbled upon, and it looks it it's preordained for two, but it flashes back for five.
4: Uh, That's like seven mana total someone linked me that and said if only it was an instant and I told them right? to stop trying to make think twice happen. Wow, it's not even an instant? No, it's <laughs> no, a
1: sorcery. It's preordained for two. Yeah.
4: No thanks. Um, Discovery's probably better. Yeah, I guess you can exile it to force of negation, but then you can't even flash it back, so what's the point? Babies, man. Getting
0: excited over nothing. Uh, what? What? But- <laughs> Eddie, correct me wrong. You told me you're, you're playing. Is it the Arena MCQ?
3: The Arena MCQ. <laughs>
0: what What information have you learned about this tournament? Is there anything surprising other than like they making a sta- them making a statement that people can play it while playing profits, but but just make sure that they don't uh, you know don't play at the same time. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I work on Saturday, and uh, originally the announcement was like, oh, you can play all day Saturday. And I was like, oh, whatever, I don't care. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll just play after work. And then I saw the like the announcement. It's like you have to sign up like at 9 a.m., between 9 and 10. I start at 10. It's getting a little sketchy there. And then after, they're like, and your your matches, they got to be done by 7 p.m. I'm like, Jesus, I, <laughs> I work. <laughs> I thought I was just going to do it all after. So it's, uh, it's getting quite precarious for me to play this event, but I'm going to do it. And uh, so I actually was wondering. I was like, I wonder if I'm going to have enough opponents to finish my uh, matches in time. <laughs> like, what if, like, I know there's 30-minute clocks, but, like, the Dreadhorde deck, it ain't fast sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I started to get worried. I'm, I'm worried right now. I, <laughs> I love how Davies is laughing at your misfortune. <laughs> I thought I had it all. I was like, I'm not even going to book it off. I'm not even going to book the day off. I had the opportunity. I was like, no, thanks. I'll work. I'll make the extra money. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a wild ride. Uh, basically, what's going to happen is I'm going to like, <laughs> my fiance will drive me home and I'll be like, don't talk to me. I have to do this. Like, with, I can't do anything else. And then I'll be sitting there and hopefully the gang will be in discord. Actually, I guess Elliot won't be because he'll be in uh, Providence playing Arena on someone else's account, probably.
4: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I would never engage in account sharing and violate the terms of service of yeah, not allowed, so you of Arena. Plus, like, no one would ever share their password, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> but, uh... Um, I was laughing, though, at, uh, at your misfortune because I'm seeing on Twitter all these people going, I guess I'm double queuing this GP and this, this online WMCQ, and you've done just the honest thing of I'll play after work, and you're getting more punished than anyone else. Yeah, because I uh, yeah obviously I can't
3: play at work. I work at a bank. I don't think it would fly just on the work computer, just hold on one second, sliding the mouse forward, casting my spells. Listen, I'm about to time out a second time. You're going to have to wait. (laughs) So I just wanted to get in my honest day's work. I didn't want to put the pressure on my boss of booking a day off. And now the pressure is really going to be on when I get off work. It'll be a fun ride though. If I don't finish my matches in time, I'll be real, real mad at myself.
4: Yeah, one of my teammates for the tournament uh, in Providence is qualified for the arena MCQ, so I think it's going to be really interesting. i um, I'd imagine that whatever decks we can build out of our sealed pool, he'll end up with the fastest possible one. <coughs> and uh, fingers crossed, the venue has Wi-Fi. I guess I you know I don't I definitely don't envy him. I know that in the the MCQ in Montreal, he played mono red, so you know. Maybe he'll just be able to run that back and finish his matches real quick. But, uh, you know, if you're in the unfavorable position of having to play in between rounds, I'm, you know, I hope I get paired against your deck at the, at the, <laughs> in the GP. I hope that you can concede to me on turn five to go play your Arena MCQ match and uh, we can move on.
0: <laughs> Man, I'm wondering how many people are bringing their laptops providence and andy is your consideration for you to play the davies gruel deck instead then
3: no but like i don't think there's anything wrong with it it's not my style right like so here's the thing it's fast it's fast you need it to it's too fast i like to slow it down a little i like a slow dance i'm not out here doing the edm music i like to take it easy but yeah that's actually maybe a weakness of mine it's like i often just like to play like uh, mid-range decks or combo decks, and uh, this one's both, so it's going to be hard to get me off of it. But uh, if I was to play a fast deck, I think Mono Red is just real lean, real clean, and it's hard, it would be really hard to get me off of that if I was going to play an aggro deck, because it is, it's is—it's literally you just like chip in a bunch of damage, and then you have the best four-drop Mono Red's ever seen, pretty much, in the okay. experimental frenzy. Like, that card's unbeatable. You cannot beat that card. and. Uh, so, my, yeah, I think if I was going to play aggro, I would play that. I think the that deck's a good choice, and I like the version with a bunch of Planeswalkers. I was uh, beating the versions that play, like, Rekindling Phoenix because a little Teferi just bouncing it and them just getting tempoed all the way back. And I think uh, the Planeswalkers are so good. I think Shadra's uh, super good in the mid-range matchups because she's, like, this lava axe that draws you a couple cards, or she ultimates and kills you like, I think, uh, if I recall the way the ultimate works with Chandra, you get, okay, you can play the cards. It's probably not that good in that deck, but, like, I'm sure by then you'll have, like, seven mana, so you'll be, like, seven damage to them, like, get to play two to three cards. So, like, that's still pretty good. It's not as game-ending in red. In red, you're just dead. They're just going to deal, like, 12 to you or 15 to you that turn. But, uh... Yeah, so I like Davy's deck. I like Spellbreaker. I like Warboss. I think what's I think a key thing to that deck is whenever you draw a Elf, you got to win those games. you got to make sure your deck's built to win those games. I don't think you're allowed to lose games where you draw a Llanowar Elf. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're playing this deck and you're losing games when you draw a Elf, don't play this deck. But uh, I think <laughs> the hard part is going to be winning games you don't draw a Elf. And I think... Uh, It does do an alright job with, like, its threats being pretty good. Real Chamber Guardian's, like, a pretty sticky, sticky threat. Gives you some card advantage. Hard to block sometimes. But even, like, against some decks, when they block it and they make you pump it, sometimes that tempo is just brutal. So uh, I'm interested to see. 23 lands is not a lot either with no explore creatures. So the deck frightens me a little bit, but the power level's high, so I get why you won. Like, the deck's... Good. It's a powerful deck. It goes over the top of people. It flies over with and
2: very well, but uh, it's not for me. Uh, it's not for him, Davies. I mean, uh, am I muted?
1: Okay. I don't have a binder. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you don't have a binder, you can't play Binder Girl.
0: So, I, actually, tell me once again. Some of the main cards you would cha- you would keep the two Harpooners in
1: uh yeah harpooner was was overall pretty good uh it killed it, it killed quite a few things in the air and when it didn't uh it was always big enough to fight something with domery if that was in play uh so it ended up being we'll call it a terror um uh, the <laughs> the card that was very very impressive though was dire in the sideboard uh that card was just always Necrotal. uh it was usually four mana kill something uh except for the couple of times where it was 8-mana uh, cast uh, Commanding Dreadhorde.
0: Uh, so <laughs> That's ridiculous. It,
1: it, was, it was pretty spicy. So no, most of the changes are truly just around the removal spells and a few of the sideboard tweaks. Uh, the Cinder Vines probably won't be played, because your plan is to hope people aren't on the Nexus deck, and if they are, they just can't have it every time, because if they're not going off uh, on turn 5, you're probably killing them. Uh, no, I would say the deck is... Actually, pretty close. The binder was, was rather complete, and uh, as Andy was saying, I couldn't have put it better. If you can't win the games where you draw a line of War elf, you can't win any of the games. Uh, so the, the the deck is very very powerful, but uh, it it does fold to as I believe Oketra, but I don't have enough enough testing into that. No
0: one no one plays that. I I mean o- oketru <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear no one plays that because I am running this back on Saturday. So uh, I really hope that's the case. And for some reason, I, I see it on like every other table whenever I'm playing a match. So. <laughs> that
0: makes no sense.
1: <laughs> Maybe New York's different. I don't know. I don't know. I saw it like three or four times. All right, Davis, you got to hear me out. I'm going to
3: give you the secret, the secret <laughs> stuff to put in your deck. Cut all your shocks. Do not play that Chandra's card. And play just a bunch of lightning strikes. I think lightning strike is really good right now. I think it's super good at killing the cheap planeswalkers. I think uh, killing Growth walker at instant speed is like kind of backbreaking sometimes. And I think that's. I think that's. You have to have removal, more removal than you have. Cut the crawl harpooners and just play more real removal. And I think that would be better for the deck. I think crawl harpooner does have some sweet synergy, like you said with Tholmer. But uh I think that is better to me. I think you need more landing strikes. I wouldn't play shock just because it doesn't kill wild growth Walker, which is, act- I think it's a, a real problem for your deck. It's every time I beat uh, the Gruel deck, it just comes down to a wild growth Walker. And then I just can't lose. I'm at like 18 life by the time the mid game comes around and then I dread Horde and I, I win. So I think that's the key in my opinion, I could be wrong. I don't have as much experience playing the deck, but from the other side, from the dread Horde decks and the planeswalker decks, lightning strike was a nightmare.
0: Hmm. um andy you had mentioned yeah, yeah like this deck is interesting it plays planeswalkers and rekindling phoenix in the same in the same
3: deck yeah this thing go big i think uh the flyers are a great way to get chip damage and so here's the thing when you draw your lanowar elf it doesn't really matter what else you're playing because your three drops are so good but when you don't draw the lanowar elf you need to have staying power and what the planeswalkers are is they're staying power they're aggressive they're good on like if you get to play them a turn earlier and uh, they give you the reach. Like, it's hard to beat a Rekindling Phoenix. It's hard to beat Sarkand flying over here with the, the Planeswalkers. And I think that's why it does a little bit of both. Maybe sometimes you could draw the wrong half of your deck, but it's, it's hard when, like, all both halves are pretty much working towards the same goal. You just, when you curve out with this deck, it's going to be very good. And I like, the, I like the Planeswalkers, and I like Rekindling Phoenix as, like, a hedge so that you know you can play the long game.
0: I think uh, it was already mentioned by the other guys in, either in the chat or on the show that uh, to, to the to the Wild Growth Walker thing that, that you probably want more Lava Coils uh, in, in the sideboard. Uh, when I was playing Commander Dreadhard, the only way I lost to, to Mono Red, one of the few games, was when I played three Wild Growth Walkers that were all three answered by Lava Call and I couldn't bring any of them back. So that's why I lost. And uh, yeah, I, I think... Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to give this deck a spin, Davey. I'm, I'm talking to... I, I know you, you were talking, you were messaging Alex while we were recording uh, Table for Two, so, so I know what you're up to, man. I know what you're up to, and, and I might give this a spin. I might give this a spin.
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what Andy said is, is definitely something I'm playing with. For sure, the Shocks are going down in number because uh, I'm expecting probably a little bit less Mono Red this time and a little bit less Esper Hero. A lot more Planeswalkers, and Shock is not good against Planeswalkers. But uh, I'm going to be flipping some coins on Lightning Strike versus Chandra's Triumph because uh, I don't think you want to be Lightning Striking your opponent ever. I'm pretty sure it's always going to be killing a Planeswalker or killing a a creature. So you definitely want three damage, but I think I might try and hedge for five every now and again.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Davies. It, It was a pleasure. Um, I know Frankie Richard has been mad that all I keep bringing out are people from Ontario, despite me, myself being in Quebec. and even posted on Twitter an image of the percentage of listeners we have, like what, what percentage of listeners are from Ontario, Quebec, British Columbia. I think Ontario was 44%, so the bulk of my base, Ontario. And then, and then Alberta was second most popular, followed by Quebec. But uh, I replied to Frankie, he he has to start winning. Outside of you, we got, like, Rob Anderson, who won a GP ages ago, and I don't know who else. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Davies.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I'll try and win again this weekend, so there's another reason to bring a Quebecer back on.
0: (laughs)
4: Sounds good. Uh, Elliot, anything you want to end the show with? Um, Good luck to my team doing the gathering this weekend. And (laughs) shout shout out to everyone in it for the gathering. We talk a lot of magic strategy, but it's all about the gathering. So, I love it. I, I don't know if this is... Uh,
0: well, Andy, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about uh, Elliot's statement there?
3: Well, uh, Patrick Chapin once said, <laughs> it's not about the magic, it's about the gathering. So, you can't go wrong. Elliot's got it right. Here's the thing. It's like, you lose in magic. You don't ever lose in the gathering.
4: I know for a fact there have been multiple tournaments that Davies has attended with no intention of, of playing Magic, and he only went
1: for the Gathering. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I've got multiple GP Day 2s where I, I came to show up, just, just let, let's be at a Magic tournament, and I happen to rattle off some wins. It's always about the Gathering, you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, good luck. In Ottawa on Saturday. And uh, we'll we'll see all of you. Why do I keep saying that? (laughs) You'll see all of us next week. Bye, guys.